Okay, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Two Minute Drill brought to you by Deep Dive Sports. I'm your host today, Brian. Uh, I'm joined by my friends Nick, Dom, and John. How's everybody doing? Good, good. Doing pretty good. <coughs> Having fun. All right, and we're getting slowly but surely closer to the NFL season, so I can't wait to watch some football. All right, so this week we're going to be talking about the big topic, which is arguably the biggest topic of the offseason, which is Finally, the Deshaun Watson ruling. We're also going to be talking about our three rookies we're going to watch out for during preseason. And we're going to give our uh, season predictions for the NFC North now that Deshaun Watson finally has an idea of what his suspension is looking like. AFC AFC North. Or AFC North, yep. So we're going to get started with uh, Deshaun Watson. And uh, I'm going to have you guys kind of give me an idea. What do you think about the six-game suspension? Do you think it was light? harsh what do you feel about it and do you think the nfl is going to appeal it we'll start with dom on this i think it was light given his behavior but i do think that the six games was the correct decision a little confusing of a statement i know but i'll get into that later all right and then um what are you feeling nick yeah i mean i i personally it was a little light but when you kind of go back and you look at um the transcript from the, the case or the uh, trial and i want to call it that there really wasn't the NFL wasn't able to present, you know, the evidence in order to get their year-long suspension, I believe. And they even kind of admitted it on record that they didn't have the evidence to suspend him for a year. So I think that six games, basically, it's just detrimental to the shield. They're getting on conduct stuff. So I know a lot of people are upset about it. But, I mean, at the end of the day, they went third party. They, you know, ha- hired somebody from the outside to come in and try the case. And there just wasn't enough evidence that the NFL could present whether or not they didn't do their part. I think that's for public opinion. But um, the six games, I would say, is probably fair for what they were able to present. I think public opinion, like I said, I would have wanted more. But that's kind of right hand down from the judge. There. And I, I can agree with that. What, what's your opinion, John? I think he was extremely light. He was extremely lucky. I think it'd be stupid for Deshaun Watson to appeal it to get less less of a uh, punishment. I don't think he should be able to play again. I really do. I just read something was just on Facebook and looking on the internet, and they had something that Ben Roethlisberger t- tweeted about how we cannot have sexual predators represent in the organization of a game. Now, I will say this. I find it very hypocritical. I find it hypocritical that Ben Roethlisberger is saying that considered the stuff that he's done. But at the same time, I do agree with him on that statement. I mean, that, and then the fact that you look at like, go oh, like Michael Vick, the guy was out for two years because he had dog fighting, yet Deshaun Watson assaults somebody and, he only gets six games, so I, I'm 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 not happy with it. And I definitely can understand that. I mean, I feel like six game suspension was kind of like the middle ground that she was trying to go for because you know the Deshaun Watson camp they were kind of feeling like he should get no suspension because you know last season he didn't play at all, so kind of be like a suspension served, and then you know the NFL wanted a minimum a year. But uh, the case might not be over because the NFL has three days to appeal it, which if they do, it goes to Roger Goodell and he ends up having the final say. So I know Dom's got a decent bit to say about uh, if you guys think uh, 
the NFL is going to appeal or not. So uh, go ahead, Dom. So basically, if the NFL was smart, and we all know that they're really not, I don't think they would, they should appeal this suspension. Uh, first, it was set a horrible precedent, uh, since this is the first time that the NFL has used an independent arbiter to hear any case of this matter. Um, it would look pretty bad if the NFL were to overrule their first ruling. It, like, If you're just going to overrule it on the first try, why would you implement this process in the first place? Um, second, we need to look at Sue Robinson's ruling. And she acknowledges that Watson's behavior was horrendous and warranted a suspension and that he did. And in the four cases that the NFL presented, uh, she believes that he did do what he's accused of. However, Sue, being a former federal judge with 30 years experience, um, she would view this as any other court case. And as we know, court cases are largely sent are largely decided on based on previous precedent set. Um, so since the NFL has been so soft on domestic violence and sexual assault in the past, the precedent set by the NFL in, indicates that Watson's behavior justifies a six-game suspension. Um, and in quoting Sue Robinson's opinion here, this was towards the end of her decision. Uh, she states the NFL may be a forward-facing organization, but is not necessarily a forward-looking one. Just as the NFL responded to violent conduct after a public outcry, so it seems the NFL is responding to yet another public outcry about Mr. Watson's conduct. At least in the former situation, the policy was changed and applied proactively. Here, the NFL is attempting to impose a more drastic shift in its culture without the benefit of fair notice and to consistency or consequence to those in the NFL. So from just by reading that, the way I interpret that was the was Sue was saying, if the NFL wanted a year-long indefinite suspension like they say, then in previous cases, the NFL should have been stricter in its punishment. You know, look at Ray Rice, Robert Kraft, Big Ben. Pretty much he's saying the, the president that the NFL was setting previously should have indicated that this is something that they took seriously. So, you know, do I think that six games is a little light? Yes, but since this is a decision based on previous precedents set by the NFL, I think six games is pretty fair, considering that Sue mentions that the previous case that was considered, you know, egregious and horrendous and unprecedented, only got three games. Um, she didn't mention the specific case, but she said the player got three games and was warned about his behavior. So if that was an unprecedented case that only got three games, you know, this un unprecedented case gets six games. So I think it's pretty much in line with what the NFL has, has ruled in the past, and that's the decision she came to. And I agree with Pretty much everything you just said. I mean, uh, just earlier today, I was thinking about it because I think that the NFL might appeal it, but I don't think they should because you go out, you get a third-party arbiter to, you know, have a independent trial, basically, and then it just looks really bad if the NFL doesn't get the ruling they want. They just appeal it. It goes to Commissioner Goodell, who, you know, is the NFL, basically, and then basically the NFL gets the ruling they want out of but so it kind of makes it look like that independent trial was just kind of for show. But what's right. your thoughts, Nick? Um, hold on. One, one more thing to add. Sorry, I uh, skipped over a paragraph that I wrote. <laughs> also, the NFLPA and Deshaun Watson's camp said that if the NFL does appeal this, they're going to sue them and take them to federal court. And, you know, you don't think that the NFLPA would, you know, let all those skeletons out of the bag with all the thousands of emails that took down John Gruden. And, you know, obviously they'll be able to get dirt on Robert Kraft, Jerry Jones, other owners. 
Um, obviously, there's a lot of skeletons in Dan Snyder's closet that that have already been out, but I guarantee there's a lot more. You know, the the NFLPA in Congress is definitely going to subpoena that. And, you know, if the NFL was smart, they're just going to accept Sue Robinson's decision, move on from it as quick as possible, and keep those skeletons that they do have. in the- And that would be a huge, just fill day if all that came out. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on it, Nick? Yeah, I mean... This is a tough one because I do think that the NFL has dropped the ball on this and they've put themselves in this situation to where they wanted to have a hard stance on it, like Dom was saying, but they can't because because they've set such a, I'm going to say it, a, a shit precedent because they were light on people in the past. I mean, Robert Kraft wasn't even penalized for anything that he was accused of or found guilty of. And I think there's literally videotape of him um, doing yeah, what he's not supposed to. What? <laughs> He was caught in a literal prostitution ring more. He was caught in more than just a prostitution ring. It was a sex trafficking ring. So yes, I mean, it, it, and he did, he didn't get anything from it. So I think that when you kind of look at these kinds of things, the NFL has shown that I, I think they've shown to kind of be a little bit more protective of the owners for sure, but it is definitely, I, I kind of, I don't want to reiterate what Dom said and what you said, Brian, cause I do agree with it a lot. Um, I kind of want to, I kind of, if you're okay with me moving on to this third part of your question that you have and kind of giving my future thoughts on that, or did you want me to wait? Yeah, John's opinion will move okay. right on. How? Do you, what do you think, John? I just think it's not enough. I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I don't think you should be able to play again. You know, at the minimum, don't play for maybe a year or two. I'm not saying the guy shouldn't be forgiven, but I just don't think it's a harsh enough penalty for, you know, what he did. And, you know, my, I, I, I think I might have said this before a previous podcast, that where, there's, where there's smoke, there's fire. So, like I said, I'm just, I'm just like, we, we don't, we got to hold the, not only the players, but like Robert Kraft, like when you mentioned before, we got to hold these guys to a higher standard. And I don't think we're doing that. And I think, um, I think Don mentioned it in his paragraph, you know, where one guy was suspended for three days, Deshaun Watson, it's a sub- suspended for six days. So I think the NFL's, slowly but surely moving in the right direction, I think it's too little and too late. Well, one thing to add on that, the personal conduct policy states that owners and front office personnel are to be held to a higher standard than players. So if, you know, Robert Kraft didn't get anything, you know, how is that holding owners and front front office personnel to a higher standard? It's not. Players, Yeah, it's not. So. But it should be. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. So I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I maybe because they're the people are afraid of losing money. I mean, I don't know why. It all, it almost comes, it comes off to me as this whole situation being kind of corrupt and kind of shady, shady, not shitty, shady. Um, oh, well, it's shitty too. But <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I just didn't want to swear around the air. But yeah, it's just like I mean, if I did this, I go to jail. But if somebody else, like Deshaun Watson or Robert Kraft, they they can squeak by. And I, I don't understand why that's maybe because they're famous or because they have a lot of money. I, I don't know. I mean, every everybody should there there should there should be a law, and everybody should have to be able to follow that law. And somebody shouldn't have to be able to break that law and get away with it just because they're famous, they have a lot of money, or or whatever it might be. Everybody should be equal as far as like in the eyes of the law. I agree hundred percent, but two federal juries failed to indict Watson in the, in the first case. So he was never going to face any jail time because he went up in front of two grand juries and they said there's not enough evidence to 
to indict him on any criminal charges. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. But I just I don't know. It's it's a rough situation. It's a very rough hundred percent. But I mean, at least I, I do agree with like, you know, the NFL, it's moving in the right direction, but it's still got a long way to go to get the, you know, punishment for certain offenses where it needs to be, because it's still, to me, at least ass backwards. But I'm going to go ahead and uh, ask the third question to the guys, which is what do you or how do you think this is going to affect future you know, trials and punishments for future offenses? And we'll start with Nick on this one. Yeah. I, so Monday after the ruling came down to the suspension, I don't know if you guys saw or not, but um, Stephen A. Smith's opinion on this and, and he kind of went he kind of made a point that made a lot of sense to me. And I've been thinking about this a lot is like. Anytime we've had these kind of we've had these situations where the NFL has been, you know, where we where they've had to act and kind of, you know, do an investigation and it's taken, you know, a year long investigation and then they pass it down. And then, you know, in this case, they've they've basically like collective bargained that there's going to be some sort of like arbitration hearing where they have a judge on the outside and they come in and they hear the case and all those kinds of things. And and his his opinion was that um, the NFL is basically is doing too much. They're they're doing what law enforcement should do, and that's not their place. And I I honestly agree with that one hundred percent. I think that at some point, I think in order for the NFL to be able to have their hard stance on it and to be able to give that forward notice, like Dom was talking about, that the judge stated in her you know, comments that, that that nobody had a forward notice about like, oh, a year long suspension is now what is going to happen when you find, when you put yourself in these situations. I think what they need to do is they need to, whatever it's, the, whether it's in the next collective bargaining agreement or, you know, right now they need to sit down and be like, let's go ahead and just, and just, you know, lay out what, what a punishment is going to be for certain things. You know what I mean? I think, I know that's, that's hard. That's kind of like a really like, you're, you're drawing a line in the sand on that one. But I think that this whole investigation stuff is just there. It's not their job. Their job is to put a football team on the field and play football. And if someone's going to mess around, they're going to find out. Right. So if, if you're going to, if you're going to have 30 accusations of sexual assault against you, you know, I don't think that you should be kicked out of the league automatically, but I do think in Deshaun Watson's case, he took himself off the field. I think the NFL should immediately be like, okay, you're done. You're not going to play. You can get your guaranteed money, but you're going to forfeit everything that's not guaranteed because you're not going to be able to play. And then once, once you're, if you're found criminally guilty, then you're out of the league for, let's say, and in his case, you can make it indefinite. And then if you would like to appeal to get back in, you can, and maybe that's something that, that, that there, that can be written in there as well too. But I think that's something that they need to, because like I said, and like Stephen A. Smith said, they're basically trying to do the job of law enforcement and that's not their job. Their job is to, put football players on a field and play football. If you don't want these people a part of your organization or representing your organization, then you need to make that happen. It doesn't, there's, there's no more protecting these people because they're good at football. I I don't care. I don't care that they're good at football. I don't care that they own an NFL team. If they're, if they're dirt bags, they're dirt bags and they're not going to stop being dirt bags. Like that just is what it is. So, and I, and Dom's doing the whole money thing and I get that too, but at some point, the, the NFL will move on, right? I also heard a comment that, like, it doesn't matter how good you are. They'll move on, right? The NFL moved on past Peyton Manning. The NFL is going to move on past Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. There's still going to be people that people are going to want to watch and support, and people are going to love their teams. It doesn't matter who's in the NFL. They will move on. They will find somebody else, and that'll be that. So 
that's my opinion on it. I think that's what they need to do in the future. I think that's something they should start working on so that in two or three years that's in place and we can stop doing this like bullshit. Let's have a case and, and whatever it's, it's dumb. It's not their job. So that's my opinion. All right. Now what's your opinion on it, John? How do you think this is going to affect uh, future trials and, you know, punishment? Well, you know, until the, until the team, until the NFL does something like, I don't want to say just, but until they actually do something about these kind of cases, I think it's just going to be the same bullcrap over and over and over again. I don't see them changing. I mean, maybe they'll change a little bit, but they won't change significantly as they should. So I just, I I hate to say this because it sounds so pessimistic and negative, but I feel like we're just going to have the same kind of, you know, soap opera just Every year, every season, you know, if it's not the shot Watson, it'll be somebody else down the road and the same crap will just happen again uh, until until the NFL proves to me that they want to fix these problems. They want to fix these issues. Uh, it's, I'm just going to expect the same results, the same NFL behavior. So, yeah, they got to do something to change my mind. If it's not going to they're not going to if they're not going to do something and change my mind, then I'm always going to. And my mind's going to be my mind and my opinion is going to be the same as it is now and will be until I make something happen. Yeah. And I mean, I, I get the feeling that like in the future, the guys that do get caught gambling or, you know, test positive for some substance are going to have a bit more of a ability to defend themselves because, you know, if the NFL tries to say, oh, hey, you gambled, you're out for a whole season, they're going to probably be a little bit like, what the hell? and have an actual case to argue against you. What's your thoughts on a John or a Dom? Um, it's tough. I, I agree with a lot of what Nick and John said. Um, I do think that this new process with the ind- independent arbiter is a good step in the right direction, but I do think that more steps need to be taken to kind of evolve this process. You know, for example, I don't think that, you know, Roger Dell should be able to appeal every suspension or any suspension that he wants to, and then just hand down his own suspension that he feels um, necessary anyway. It kind of defeats the whole purpose of having an independent arbiter. You know, I, I would kind of expand upon it. I would have three, four, five independent arbiters that, you know, one that specifies in, you know, domestic abuse and sexual assault, one that specializes in gambling or, or whatnot. But I would have really any potential suspension or any disciplinary case heard by an independent arbiter. And then whatever their decision is made, have that be final. This way it kind of it cuts out all the bullshit. You know, now, you know, Sue Robinson and the NFL took a whole year to, you know, hear this case, do their investigations, come up with a decision. And now tomorrow, you know, Roger Goodell could be like, yeah, you guys all wasted your time. I'm going to implement my own suspension. That doesn't make Uh sense. So I I think depending on how the NFL handles this case, um, specifically with, you know, if they're going to appeal the suspension or not, I think that precedent will set how um, the disciplinary action disciplinary actions go in the future but yeah i don't know i I know no real changes can be made until the next cba so we got about like what eight years until the new cba but it's definitely something that i would look towards expanding yeah i definitely and i definitely think they will probably because i mean they're getting so much heat right now from fans Mm -hmm. all the nation that they're gonna have to figure things out and make some major changes for the next cba but uh, let's move on to a little bit more of a happy topic, which is preseason. It starts Thursday. Love it or hate it. Personally, I'm not a big fan, but that's just me. 
What three rookies are you guys looking forward to watching in preseason and why? We'll have John start us off. Three rookies. Um, you know, I'm going to go – my first one go Kenny Pickett. Um, I don't know who else they're going to play a quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I can easily see him starting sometime during the season because I don't think they have anybody else. My other two rookies, I don't really have any. I mean, nobody I can really think of that comes to mind. Um, oh, God. He went to Tennessee. He was a quarterback. Wills? Malik Wills? Is that his name? Yeah, Malik Willis. Malik Willis. I'm sorry, guys. I, I would I could see him having a good preseason. I think he's probably the future because, you know, Ryan Tannehill's obviously going to get – he's getting older, and eventually he's going to retire. So, um, and for my third rookie – the guy from quarterback from Cincinnati. I will be. I'm curious how he's going to do too. And his name it just escapes Joe me. Burrow. Desmond, not Ritter. Joe Burrow. Desmond Ritter. Desmond oh, Ritter. University of Cincinnati. I thought you meant the. Yeah. No, I, I. I said I meant. I meant University of Cincinnati. I don't know why I said Cincinnati, but. All right. Yeah. I, I'm personally kind of curious to see. Like, uh, I feel like the Steelers are going to start. Uh, we're going to see at least a little bit of play time for both Kenny Pickett and Trubisky during preseason because they're definitely going to want to fill them out, especially since Trubisky hasn't had much uh, time playing in the last year and a half. What do you got, Dom? So my three rookies that I'm excited to watch in preseason and just the regular season in general, um, Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive end from Detroit, and Chris Olave, uh, wide receiver from New Orleans, and wide receiver Sky Moore from Kansas City. I like it. I was going to pick two of those guys. I'm glad I didn't. What are you thinking, Nick? Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Dom on Chris Olave, um, just because Ohio State. I want to see how he does. I think that him and uh, Jameis Winston are going to have a big connection, especially if Michael Thomas doesn't come back. I think that he's gonna kind of really slide into that number one spot part of the way through this season anyway. So seeing him in the preseason, see how him and Jameis Winston are or connecting already, I think he has an opportunity to, you know, I'm not going to say he's going to have a season like Jamar Chase, but I do think that he can have an impact close to that. Um, I think Wilson, Garrett Wilson, his uh, partner from Ohio, Chris Olave's partner from Ohio State, I really want to watch him too. I think that this is a big season for Zach Wilson to really kind of show what he's going to be made of. I know everyone talks about sophomore slumps, but I think he had such a bad season last year that he can only really go up. I don't want to jinx him, knock on wood, but I think he can only go up at this point. So I'm really excited to see what their connection is going forward because if Zach Wilson is the franchise quarterback there, you know, with the Jets, I think that uh, Garrett Wilson can be the franchise wide receiver there with the Jets. So that's going to be an interesting. And then obviously as a Steelers fan, I'm excited to see Kenny Pickett. I want to see what he can do. Um, you know, lots of comments have been made about him being the most pro-ready quarterback coming out of that draft. The, the draft really wasn't that good in the quarterback room in general. I think the Steelers reached a little bit with him in the first round. So at some point this season, I do think he's going to play, whether that's due to injury or whether that's due to Mitchell Trubisky just not playing well enough. But I do think Trubisky is day one starter. Um, but I just want to see what Kenny Pickett can do in the preseason as he kind of gets more youth. I like it. Yeah, I'm, I I think uh, Kenny's probably going to start like halfway through the season. I don't see them keeping Trubisky for the whole year as a starter, personally. But uh, my three, I got James Cook, which is a running back for the Bills. Uh, I mean, he's been a great dual threat run and receive, receiving threat. And, you know, just adding him into that high-power offense, I think he'll be great to watch. I got Mr. Sauce Gardner, cornerback for the Jets, so as my second guy, which 
I mean, the dude's a interception machine. And, you know, preseason, you're playing against a lot of rookie quarterbacks, backup quarterbacks. They're going to make a lot of mistakes. So I definitely think he's going to be able to show off a lot of his skills. And then the third one, I guess, kind of weird, but I'm a little biased, I'll admit. Cade York, kicker for the Browns. I know it's weird, but you never, you don't realize how much you really like a kicker until you don't have a good one on your team. And the Browns so, haven't had a good one since Phil Dawson. Exactly. Which for the last two seasons of his college career, he had a hundred percent extra point rate and a high eighties for field goal rate. So I definitely think he'll be a big upgrade for them. I definitely want to see how he plays like in a live game setting in the NFL. So we'll move on to our next topic, which is last year, the Bengals did something really, really rare and kind of awesome to say or see, which, you know, coming from a Browns fan, that hurts to say, but they went from 4-11-1 in 2020 to not just making the Super Bowl, but almost winning the Super Bowl in 2021. So I want to ask you guys, what do you think will be the next team that finished under 500 last year that could make a deep playoff run? We'll start with Dom on this one. Um, I think it's pretty easy, to be honest with you. I, um, I was deciding between two teams, either the Browns or the Vikings. I think both teams are pretty vastly improved from the year before. Um, even with the Deshaun Watson suspension, I think Jacoby Brissett's a good enough quarterback that he can get them through six games. And this is the easiest six games on the schedule. Deshaun Watson would come back and play 11 games. You know, I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. And the Vikings, I, I, I like what they have on offense. Obviously, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, um, Kirk Cousins is no scrub. I think they, they went eight and nine last year. I definitely think that they can be a pretty improved team in a division that could be up for grabs. We don't know what the Packers are going to be like without Devontae Adams. And, you know, the rest of the division is a bunch of question marks. Man, you have no idea how much I, I would love to see the Vikings not just make the playoffs, but, you know, win the NFC championship game just because I would love to see how upset Packers fans would get at it. Because, <laughs> they're, you know, they, they're cursed. I really want to see something like that happen. What do you think, Nick? I, I looked at it and I think there's like obvious ones that you could look at. And, you know, I think the Vikings are an obvious are going to clearly be better than what they were last year. If you, I do think they have the opportunity to be better. I think the Ravens are a team that, you know, are clearly going to be better than what we're, especially with all the, you know, the people that are coming back from injury. So, um, and then, you know, I, I do think the Browns are going to be a better team than they were last year. I'm just not as as a lot of other people are. I do think if they can get in, I think they have a good chance. So that's why I, but I kind of went out of the box. I actually went with an actual team that was like really garbage last year, like the like the Bengals were. And I don't I don't want to say that they're going to win the Super Bowl, but I think that the Jaguars are a team that are going to surprise a lot of people. I think with the change of head coach and Doug Peterson, I think that's a complete 180. They went from, you know, not having a head coach to having a head coach pretty much. I think their two first-round draft picks this year and, and uh, Trevon Walker and Devin Lloyd are going to be huge for them, especially on the defensive side of the ball. You have Walker, who's on the other side of Josh Allen pretty much now. I think that's going to be super helpful. And then they signed just a ton of good like rotation vets to pair with the, that young, talented core that they have. And I think that I, 
I, I just think that this is a team that I don't think is going to win a Super Bowl, like I said, but I think it's going to surprise a lot of people, especially in a division where I don't think the Texans are going to be good. And I think the Colts, I think they'll be an all right team, but they've always had they've always had trouble winnings and winning games in big time situations. And Matt Ryan's not a, not really a clutch quarterback. So and he's way past his prime. So I just don't know if he's going to be able to get it done where Philip Rivers wasn't able to get it done. And that's basically where he's at right now in his career. So I don't know. I think that division is kind of up for grabs if the Jaguars come out and play well and if they can get into the playoffs. And Trevor, I think it all depends on Trevor Lawrence as well, too. If, if he was able to develop this offseason and come out and I don't know, it'd be interesting to see. So that's kind of my team on the wall. I like it. I, I don't think. Uh you should ever put Matt Ryan and the word clutch in the same sentence because yeah, <laughs> but no, I mean the Jags, I mean, they have, they had, were dealing with a lot of stuff last year. I mean, you had the whole Urban Meyer situation going a rookie quarterback that had to work with, you know, very limited weapons. So I think they're going to surprise people a lot this year too, just because I feel like they're going to be a much more settled team. What are you thinking, John? Well, you guys, all you stole three of my teams, so <laughs> uh, I would have went with the Browns. I think they're a really complete team. Uh, they just need Deshaun Watson to play, which he will hopefully after the six-game suspension. And then my, I did pick the Jaguars. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I could see them maybe making the playoffs as a wild card because I do think they've improved. I, they have a new coach. They have new leadership. And... In a way, I, I look at the Jaguars in a similar situation to what the Bengals were a year before. They have a generation quarterback. They picked the first overall. They're a young team. I see them putting the pieces together this, this season. So I don't think they'll win the Super Bowl, but I, I could see them making the playoffs. I have my third well, – I have, I have four teams because you guys picked my three. I've had to pick another one. Uh, my third team is the Ravens. I think if they're healthy – they're really, really, really dangerous. Um, they some the NFL ranked the top ten quarterbacks, and they did not have Lamar Jackson in the top ten. I think that's a mistake. And I think the only reason they did that was because he's not he was not healthy last year. I think he only played like twelve games. But I think you have him healthy. Uh, Humphrey's coming back. You, know, you have that healthier. You have a healthy team. I think the Ravens easily could win the division and go deep in the playoffs. And my fourth team, I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears. I think they have a franchise quarterback. I think if if uh, Justin Fields um, improves, I, I think they have a chance. I don't. I don't know if they win the division. I still think uh, Green Bay. The Green Bay Packers are the favorites because they have Aaron Rodgers under center. But no, I think the Bears could really, really get, not get better, but I think they could significantly, significantly improve this season. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I was actually really surprised to hear the uh, Bears coming up in this conversation. But uh, my two teams, I had the Ravens, which, I mean, it was shocking how well they did dealing with how many injuries because, I mean, their team was completely crippled last year and they still almost made 500. And the other one that's, I think, the most obvious one is the Broncos. They finished 7-10 and 10 last year. Major upgrade at QB. I mean, that team's looking really dangerous. So I definitely think there'll be an AFC title contender coming this season. But we'll move on to our last topic, which is our single division predictions, which I've been saving the AFC North because, you know, it felt kind of weird predicting them when we didn't know what Deshaun Watson's suspension was going to look like. 
So we're going to go ahead and kind of assume that, you know, the NFL doesn't appeal it. He sticks with six game suspension. And we'll start with, you know, who you guys think will be the last in the division, who you think is going to win the division. And we'll go ahead and start with Nick on this. This is what I'm going to do because I, right, I'm going to go with who I think. So I think the Bengals are going to win it. I think they're going to go right around 13-4, 12-5. I think some of their notable wins. Let me go ahead and preface this, though. I Unless when we do these, like, prediction things for the divisions, unless there's just, like, one team that's clearly not good and clearly shouldn't win very many games this year, um, I'm basically giving everybody an at-home win against their individuals pretty much just because especially this division, that's how it usually works. It doesn't really usually matter how bad or good the other team is. Usually they squeak out a, um, or at least one win in that, that you know, two-game series between their rivals. So I, I did that um, for this division especially just because it's been always been so great. I think one of the major, so basically that's three of their losses that I have for the Bengals. And then their fourth loss that I have is, is when they go visit Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. I think that that is going to be a loss. I think that'll be kind of a, a first matchup, maybe even a Super Bowl preview there in Tampa Bay um, with the Bengals versus the Buccaneers. But that's pretty much, I, I do I do think that Joe Burrow gets it done against the Bills because he has the Bills at home this year. I think that he gets it done against the Dolphins at home, and I think he goes to New England, the Patriots, and beats Mac Jones. So I think that that's going to be some of their big wins. For the team that I have finishing in second, I have the Ravens finishing in second at 12-5. and five. Again, three of their losses come from in the division, but then the two outside I have um, when they play the Bills. And then when they play, um, when they when they go to Tampa Bay, well, too, I have them so but other than that, I, I think that they're a very capable team as long as they're healthy to um, win games against, you know, teams like the Broncos. I think that's like a big win that I have. And then when they go to New England, I have them as well, too. For my third place team, I have the Browns. Now, I'm going to make you guys mad, but I have them nine and eight like they were last. I just they were eight and nine last year, so that's still an improvement. OK, I have them right yeah. around 500. That that first three games, I think that they clearly win the game against the Jets. I think. I have them winning the game against the Steelers at home, and then I have them winning in um, Atlanta against the Falcons. But I have them losing the game against the Chargers and losing the game against the Patriots. I don't think that, you know, he's going to – was it just uh, Kaiser? I don't think he's going to be able to get it done against those two teams. I don't care how good their defense is. And then the one game for me that's going to be a toss-up, and I think it depends on if Baker Mayfield plays for the Panthers or not, but I think that might be – might be like one of those, like, what would you call it? Um, a trap game. So I think that that's a game that the Browns should go win because I think when you look at their team all around, it's a better team, but that's going to be the first game of the year. So Christian McCaffrey is going to be healthy. And if Baker Mayfield starts, I think that he's going to be looking for a little bit of revenge against the Browns. And I think that he's a better quarterback than Deshaun Kaiser. So Deshaun think, Kaiser's not on the team. It's sorry. Jacoby. Who is it? Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett. Sorry, not Kaiser. Jacoby Brissett. Um, pretty much the same quarterback, but whatever. Jacoby Brissett, I think he's a better quarterback than Jacoby Brissett is. So I think that's a bit of a trap game. So I have them at a loss with that for right now in preface of Baker Mayfield winning that game. So I think they go three and three in those first three games. And then um, in Deshaun Watson's first game back, they're in they're in Baltimore. So he's he's not going to win that game against Baltimore in Baltimore his first game back playing in 
what, a year and a half, almost two years. I just don't think that that's going to be a conducive environment for him. And then I do have them losing against the Bills, the Bucks in the season as well, too. I think that those um, are two better teams as well, too. And everybody else in the division's pretty much lost against them, except for um, the Bengals there. So, and then finishing in last, I have the Steelers. I have them going nine and eight as well, too, um, just because they've never gone below 500. So I don't think they're going to start now. I do have them losing the first three games right off the rip. Bengals, Pats, Browns. Um, I have them only winning games against teams like the Jets, the Saints, you know, the Colts, the Falcons, those kinds of things. And then they win the three. And they might not even do that. I think it all depends on how well Mitchell Trubisky plays. And then when we see Kenny Pickett, if we see Kenny Pickett. So if we don't see Kenny Pickett, then that means Trubisky is playing really well. So I just think that the Steelers, I'm not going to put them under 500, under 500. So I think that would be kind of a little bit disrespectful to Mike Tomlin. But I think I'd have to see him not be 500. But other than that, like notable wins for them. I think that week seven against the Dolphins is a is a good spot for a win just because that's something weird that they do. And then, you know, losing week eight against the Eagles, or that's just weird kinds of things. So, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Like I said, Steelers, nine and eight, Browns, nine and eight, Ravens, 12 and five, Eagles 13. You no, know, I can't blame you for this, you know, putting the Steelers above 500 because every time I think they're going to have a bad season and finish below, they somehow squeak out just making it above 500. So. I can't blame you on that one. Yeah, I mean, they still they still have a top 10 defense in the league, and they still have, I believe, a top five running back in the league. So I think that they've upgraded that offensive line. I think it all just depends on the quarterback play, and if they can get half-decent quarterback play, I think they're at least a 500 or better team. Yeah. Uh, what's your predictions, John? Uh, I have the Ravens winning the division. If they can stay healthy at 13-4, and four. Uh, I think the Bengals are going to be second uh, at um, – Maybe 10 and 7, 11 and 6. I have the Browns at 9 and 8. I think that six game suspension really does hurt them. I, I think if it wasn't for that, I could see them winning the division or coming in second. And I'm going to have the Steelers because I, I think Kenny Pickett's going to play. And because he's a rookie quarterback, I have them going 8 and 9. All right. Yeah. No stuff. So far, a lot of people are saying Steelers, Browns, then, you know, the Bengals and the Ravens are going to be a bit of a toss-up. What do you got, uh, Dom? Um, so starting at last, um, I got the Steelers. I also have them going eight and nine. Um, just too many questions on that offense with that offensive line, and who knows what they're going to be getting out of the quarterback position. Um, obviously, the defense, we know that that's a top-ten defense in the league. We know Najee Harris is a great running back, but Najee can't carry the whole team. You can't run the ball with him 60 times a game. He can't throw passes and throw passes to himself, so – he can only he can only do so much. He might. We don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, behind them or in front of them, I have the Ravens in third. I think they'll probably be in the 10, 11 win range, probably 10. Obviously, the defense is good. Obviously, they're going to be healthy. It's Lamar Jackson, I, amazing athlete. I think he's a great person. It just he changed the game with his athleticism and running ability but he still has not developed into the passer that I think the Ravens want him to be, which is why they haven't committed to him long-term and given him an extension yet. So I think, you know, they traded away his number one receiver in Hollywood Brown. He really only has Mark Andrews to throw to, you know, outside of that, I, he doesn't really have many wide receivers. He can only do so much. I think that defense is, is good, but it's not great. I think they'll finish third. Second, I got the Browns 
depending on how they do the first six games with Jacoby Brissett, I think they'll be anywhere from three and three to four and two. I think they'll they'll beat the Panthers. Really, to beat the Panthers, they had the worst run defense in the league last year. You got Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. If you can run the ball 30, 35 times with them and just have Jacoby Brissett play game manager for the first six weeks, I think they should be able to get through most of that schedule pretty easily. I have them losing to the Chargers and the Patriots. And then we'll see what Deshaun Watson's like coming back. Obviously, there's going to be some rust. But I think if the Browns can get 10 wins on the season, I think 10-11 wins is probably where this team will be. Obviously, if Deshaun Watson was playing the whole season, I think they'd be winning the division. But he's out for six games at least. So I think 10-11 wins is probably a good range for them. And then, you know, until proven otherwise, the Bengals are the best team in the division. They won the division last year, made it to the Super Bowl. I think they only got better. I think they had an amazing offseason. I don't think there's any reason why this team can't go 13-4, and four, you know, 14 wins maybe. Um, you know, they're, they're the best team clearly in the division right now, and I don't see that changing for a little bit unless, you know, knock on wood, Joe Burrow gets hurt. Um, I hope he doesn't because I think he's an amazing player, but I think that's the only thing that could potentially derail their season. Any Bengals fans listening, just remember what you just said. Hey, I knocked on wood, and I hope I hope he's good I, for the whole year because I, I like hearing the knocking, sir. Okay, there we go. <laughs> All right, so uh, for me, and sorry to do this, Nick, but I actually got the Steelers finishing last with uh, seven and ten. I just don't have that much much faith in the offense. I mean, the defense is really good, but <clears throat> you're having two, you know, kind of eh quarterbacks that you're not really certain about right now. You got offensive line that's still kind of a mess, not that many weapons. Uh, for the Browns, I got them going prizing to me. I got them getting 10 wins. I mean, when they play the uh, or, uh, the Panthers, I do think they're going to win that game just because it's week one. The defense is, on paper at least, supposed to be really good. Last year, we were dealing with constant injuries, so hopefully we'll have everybody on the field for week one, and we'll really just use the defense and the run game to win that game. Second, I got the Ravens, but I have the Ravens and the Bengals finishing neck and neck with about 12 wins because, I mean, with the Ravens, they were really injured last year. I think they're still a dominant team with a lot of weapons and a lot of stuff going for them. And then for the Bengals, a lot of their success last year was their defense overperformed and Jamar Chase went crazy. And we've seen that where, you know, rookies have a breakout season and then they can take a little bit of a step back just because teams spend all offseason trying to figure out how they can stop this one guy from being so dominant. And I get the feeling that that might happen at least a little bit in their situation. So I got them fishing right neck and neck with the Raven. All right. Well, thanks everybody for joining me tonight. And uh, thank you listeners. We're going to be cutting it off. Uh, this has been two minute drill by deep dive sports. We'll see you next week. Thank you everyone for listening to another episode of two minute drill and make sure to follow the show on Instagram at two minute drill podcast. D-D-S. Don't forget to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. Also, comment on all our posts and episodes. We would love to hear what you think about the show and what we talk about each week. And as always, two-minute drill listeners, until next time.